0: you see it's not me it's not my face gentlemen welcome to the shipwreck show my name is shipwreck and i will be your hostess with the mostest and we got the nooner sonia brown we got the nooner sonia's backstage filtering out my comments look at her go she's so beautiful sonia you want to say hi sonia say hi everybody hi sonia we love your face I got to keep her backstage because I have a presentation and when I do a presentation, it's really hard with both boxes being filled. Fill all the boxes. Welcome to the live, you guys. Mrs. Blue Whiplash, it's good to see you. Purple Princess is in the house. We got OEF's makeup artist. Welcome to the live. It's great to see you. Michigan J-Roll and family first. Kim Brown, you guys, welcome to the live and a very happy Monday today is Monday Monday to all you snowy Monday if you woke up in the great state of Iowa or at least in portions of it uh we got like two inches of snow I was just telling the people on TikTok Inner heart and Melly, hello on TikTok if you feel bad about your parenting today fear not I do as well I've lived in the Midwest my entire life every single mother-loving year this happens we get snow And every single year I'm not ready for it. And so this morning when we woke up and there was an inch of snow on the ground and it was snowing heavily, I had to rip out all the kids' old snow gear, which didn't fit. And then they were all like, it doesn't fit. And I'm like, well, there's nothing I could do. Like, there's nothing open. And they're like, why didn't you think about this this weekend? And I'm like, why didn't you get a job? Because they're 10 and 8. But anyway, they had to go to school in their shoes, in their clothes. They they have their old stuff on. I don't know how well it's going to work. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Midwesterner Midwestern here. We're also live on TikTok. For those of you on TikTok, we're live on YouTube. If you want to come over, otherwise we will stay here. I do have a presentation and I do have some videos. Today, we're going to talk about the FTX stuff. And today's episode is brought to you by our members, the membership club, all the beautiful ladies and gentlemen that subscribe the $5 every month here on the YouTubes to help us keep the lights on, to help us keep doing what we're doing. We appreciate you to know. end. All the, the people that leave the tips and the super thanks. We had one right here, P- Princess. The super thanks and the tips. It's brought to you by these fantastic people out here. Like, we would not be able to come out here and do what we do without you guys. Thank you so much for all of your support. We love your faces. Um, thank you. That's it. Thank you. I never know how to wrap that kind of stuff up. Audie Chambers, welcome to the live. It's good to see you. Happy Monday. Today, we're going to talk about FTX. And for those of you who don't know, FTX is a cryptocurrency company. They're like an exchange company that deals with cryptocurrency. And they went bankrupt yesterday. They announced on Twitter that they were filing for bankruptcy, basically breaking thousands and millions of people's money, just taking it all. It's just all gone. Lots of people, people that followed me. Melly, thank you so much for the super sticker. I love your face. Lots of people who follow me even um, had thousands of dollars in FTX, and it was just gone in a day kelly smith i love your face thank you so much we love your guys' face and Lori, thank you so much for the super stickers you guys thank you for the super stickers um <clears throat> and then as soon as the fallout happened it seems like people on twitter random everyday joes on twitter starting putting some stuff together and it exploded mainstream media is talking about it at a high level they're talking mainly about the ceo sam bankman freed um And the Ukraine connections kind of, and the democratic connections kind of, even like the gateway pundit did a small article about it. But really this is from where I was sitting and from what I've seen and from what we've kind of deep dove into, this seems like a really, really big freaking deal. And it's not being talked about as a really big freaking deal from either side of the media, whether you watch Fox news and the gateway pundit, or whether you watch CNN and MSNBC, like nobody's really talking about it. They're really focused on election and election stuff. And that's great. Um, we're watching that too. We're watching the Georgia, Georgia, Georgia's having its runoffs, the speaker of the house. We're watching all of that. It's all kind of up in the air. There's some stuff going on, but nobody's really talking about this. So I wanted to talk about it because it is very interesting and it's very telling. And there's a lot of dots that are connected. And I even made a presentation. Okay. I made a whole presentation, spent like three hours this morning after having my coffee to make a presentation and I have videos and I've got all kinds of stuff to share with you today. So the first thing, let's go through what Sam is. So Sam Brakeman-Fried is the former FTX CEO who presided over a cryptocurrency empire that spectacularly collapsed yesterday. He was part of a major effort to help Ukraine, is a major Democratic political donor, and spent heavily heavily to influence the 2022 midterm elections. And now I've got an ad, which doesn't help me, and contributed towards the PAC in helping Joe Biden's presidential campaign. And this is him. Look at him. Look at that baby face. They were calling this kid who at the time was like 30, 29, the next Warren Buffett. And he came out in an episode. This was another guy that I used to follow on social media. I don't remember what his name is, but I'm going to play the video. He came out in this episode of this other guy, a big social media guy talking about how he was going to make all this money just to give it away. And he drove a Toyota Corolla and He's just a poor guy who just wants to help. And I'll play the video for him right now. Here we go.
1: Jim is not a traditional billionaire because he believes in the concept of earn to give, which means his goal as a human is to make as much money as possible just to give it away, earn to give. And that's exactly what he's doing. So let's say that you have a hundred dollars. And you want to figure out what you can do with it to help the world. Earning to Give is thinking about which causes, which charities save the most lives per dollar. This $100 can go as far as it possibly can to help the world. Last year, this 29 year old guy donated 50 million dollars. Next year, he's planning to donate 500 million dollars a year. And next decade, he will probably give away more than 10 billion dollars. The amount of good that you can do, uh, for the future of the world is, is really large. And it's way more than you can do to actually make yourself happy with anything like that amount of money and he is funding everything you can think of global warming it's one of the biggest problems that we have to tackle together as a world COVID 19 preparedness we have to be ready for the next pandemic Neglected tropical diseases More than a billion people suffer from them We have to eliminate these diseases And of course, animal welfare Animals deserve to live just like we do It's also why I'm vegan Sam doesn't need the money to buy a Lamborghini Or to buy a Rolex or to impress his friends In fact, his car is a Toyota Corolla Hold on, where's your car? It's uh, that one there That's like what, a Toyota? uh yeah anti-corolla why don't you buy a lamborghini man it didn't have any particular need for one he wants to get rich in order to impact the world and change it
0: that's it well that's like some that's most of the video the video itself is like 10 minutes long so we're not going to play it all but i want to talk a little bit about sam so he's they said he drove a toyota corolla but the actual truth of it was he did not drive, a Toyota Corolla. He lived in the Bahamas with a big group of people in another company that they ran kind of together. And we're going to go through that too. It's called Almeida, And reportedly they had all these big orgies and they were just a bunch of kids living together, running these companies, running these companies and partying all the time. It's very, the whole thing is very strange, but yeah. So we're going to get into that too. But no, he did not drive a Toyota Corolla. He did not live in a little apartment in the middle of nowhere. He lived in the Bahamas in a mansion. That part was crap. But I want to talk about his parents. And so Sam's parents, this is his dad. His dad's name is Joseph Bankman, and he's a leading scholar in the field of tax law. Joseph Bankman is the author of two widely used case books on the subject. His writings on tax policy cover up topics such as progressivity, consumption tax, and the role of tax in the structure of Silicon Valley startups. So Silicon Valley being California, Silicon Valley being the place where a lot of your social media places are and a lot of your, I, I hate to use the word wokeness, but that's that's what they use, like the woke media companies, okay? Um, he has gained wide attention for his work on how the government might control the use of tax shelters and has testified before Congress and other legislative bodies on tax compliance problems posed by a cash economy. So he was a big supporter of getting rid of the cash economy And he was also let me bring this back here. He was also um, did a lot of lectures and stuff on tax loopholes for members of Congress and members of the government on how they could get around. You guys remember when that was kind of the hot topic back when Trump ran against Hillary, right? Was her accusing him of not paying his taxes, him saying, no, I don't. But I use the same loophole that you all use. And it's because of guys like him that they are able to find those loopholes. And that's his dad. Okay, look at look at a very handsome guy, Joseph Brinkman. So he goes on to state that Professor Brinkman is a clinical psychologist as well as a lawyer. He teaches mental health law and writes on the intersection of law and psychology. He has developed a course in anxiety, psychoeducation that has been taught at the Stanford and Yale schools and has written about on how insights from social psychology might be used in the effort to reduce tax evasion. So there you go. The taxes. His mom, her name is Barbara Freed. Fried is it Fried or Freed? Somebody help me. Maybe it's not either one. Barbara, I'm just going to call her Barbara. Barbara is his mom. And Barbara is a, they call her like a democratic, uh, like el- elitist. Like she was a big person in the Democratic Party. So Barbara H. Freed's scholarly interests lie at the intersection of law, economics, and philosophy. She has written extensively on questions of dis, Distributive justice in the areas of tax policy, property theory, and political theory. She also goes on, I have another thing here, one second. So Barbara Fried is, she's a Stanford Law School professor and co-founder of, of something called Mind the Gap, a pro-democratic super PAC. Hale's academic work is, fo- is focused on the intersection of business and economics, and she has written numerous critiques of political libertarianism. Uh, and she goes on to state that after earning her bachelor's law and law degree from Harvard, <clears throat> she started her career as a judge, as a clerk to Judge J. Edward Lumbert of the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. She her big claim to fame, though, was this organization called Mind the Gap. And so it goes on to talk about Barbara Fried and fellow Sanford University colleagues Graham Gothlib and Paul Brest are the co-founders of Mind the Gap, a secretive Silicon Valley PAC that supports the Democratic Party candidates. Mind the Gap is known for its secretive operations, where it attempts to quickly gather donations over a short period of time to prevent Republicans from mobilizing on their own donor response. When asked about her role in Mind the Gap, Freed, who has no campaign experience, downplayed the organization as merely a pro bono donor advisor to people who are interested in evidence-driven decision-making. Her political views are listed as more of a libertarian. But she has donated and activate or not activated. She's donated and an actively campaigned for Democratic Party uh, since pretty much the beginning. And the connection with this is and what people found interesting, like on Twitter, was that so on April 24th of 2000, 25th of 2019, Joe Biden announced that he was running for his presidential campaign. Thirteen days later, on May 8th, 2019, Sam Brinkman, which is her son, who is right here. OK. The son of Barbara, who is right here, and the co-founder of political fundraising organization Mind the Gap and the Get Out and Vote organizations, including the Center of Voter Information, launched the FTX crypto exchange. So as soon as Joe Biden announced that he was running for president, they launched this, this crypto exchange program. The exchange was an overnight success that enabled Sam to become the second biggest donor to the Biden campaign. And you can see that right down here. If For those of you on YouTube, you can see it right down here. And I'll move me right down here, right at the bottom. Sam Brinkman Freud donated thirty nine million nine hundred and thirty one thousand dollars to in total to political campaigns. Two hundred and one thousand dollars of that was for the Republicans. Thirty seven million seven hundred and twenty five thousand dollars of that was to the Democrats. And for nonpartisan they doted two million or I'm sorry yeah two million five thousand dollars so this isn't really just a Democrat thing either this is they they funded all of these political parties but they were the largest donor for the Democrats only second to George Soros so that's where a lot of the George Soros connection comes in out or the start of it and I mean if you look at the kid he's just like this kid. He's just like this putt. So I'm, I find it really hard to believe that he was working alone. I think his parents had a lot to do with it. So that's just a little bit on his parents. And then it goes on to talk about his brother as we're continuing with the, and the Clintons, we're getting there too. So his brother was, his brother's name was Gabe Bankman Free. And he was the brother to Sam and he was the founder of something called Guarding Against Pandemics, which if you remember in the video we just watched, that was one of the things that Sam had in his brain when he was going to raise a bunch of money just to give it away. He was going to stop pandemics in their tracks. But his brother was also a legislative correspondent for the United States House of Representatives and an advisor to the large political donors, specifically in the Democratic parties. Uh, We are guarding against pandemics is a group of scientific and political experts formed during the covid-19 pandemic and committed to preventing the next one. And this is him. Look at him. They kind of look alike. Kind of. I don't know. Maybe not. Gabe Brinkman friend. So his brother, his mother and his dad were all kind of in on with the Democratic Party and in with regards to tax, whether it was regards to voting and smear campaigns or it was in regards to the covid-19 stuff. They were all a part of the Democratic donor or political parties as a whole, but really big in the Democrat, the Democrat run uh, political stuff. The next connection we had was Amy Wu who was the former partner at Lightspeed Ventures. And she joined the investment arm of FTX in January, funding several cryptocurrency startups. She was kind of their guru for it. Um, And she used to work for the head of ventures of FTX. And she has stepped down now just in the last couple of days since the whole fallout of FTX. But if you go to her LinkedIn and you can look at, she's been part of thousands of things. Um, but the most notable thing was the Clinton Foundation. So she was a Clinton Foundation analyst from June 2007 to August 2007 in Botswana. Uh, she conducted on-site clinical reviews throughout the rural Botswana to assess cost effectiveness of introducing handheld healthcare devices into the clinics. She negotiated pricing with handheld device manufacturers. She wasn't there very long, um, but she was there. And she also is no longer with FTX. So there's kind of a Clinton, like a direct Clinton connection. And then the next one is Mark Wetgen. So Mark Wedgen was nominated, formally nominated by President Barack Obama to serve a five-year term at the CFTC commissioner in March of 2011 and was unanimously confirmed by the U.S. Senate in October of 2011. Subsequent to his confirmation as commissioner, Mr. Wetgen was unanimously elected to serve on the CFTC's acting chairman upon departure. Then he joined FTX as the CFTC commissioner as the head of policy and regulation. Uh, Mark Wetgen was nominated by President uh, Barack Obama to serve as a five-year term. And then he went on to work for FTX as well. And he obviously is also no longer with FTX. And the last connection is the Ukraine connection. So this one was kind of, I think, the majority of what people are talking about. And there's some rabbit hole stuff, too, that we're going to go through. But the way that it worked was... We all kind of knew that there was some funny stuff going on in regards to the Ukraine stuff, right? We were sending billions upon billions of dollars over to Ukraine for efforts for the war, which is fine. Well, it's not fine, but it is what it is. But then they were coming back saying that they couldn't really track the money. They really didn't know where the money was going. They didn't know where the money for the weapons that was supposed to be being given to them was going. Um, And they came right out and they openly admitted it. And they said even that this was kind of like the everyday thing with this kind of thing that we normally can't track this kind of thing with international aid or whatever. Fine. So we're sending billions, I think to the tune of like 50 billion, hundred billion. And we're going to get to the rabbit hole stuff. I promise. And it turns out that when we send that money, so then Ukraine had partnered with FTX. So we sent the money to Ukraine. Ukraine was partnered with FTX in order to launch a crypto donation website so that people could donate to Ukraine or The United States could donate to Ukraine for their efforts for the war and then turn around and they sent that money back to the political parties, specifically the Democratic Party, which, again, was their highest donation amount, second to George Soros for the Democratic Party. I really want to try and stay on the side of of political parties, not so much of the right versus left. And the reason for that is, is because this money that's been going to Ukraine for months 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 and months and months and months and months and months and months. wasn't just a democratic idea. There are more than not Republican senators and Republican congressmen that supported this and signed their name, mine included, okay? Joni Ernst, Chuck Grassley, both signed their name, supported it, even built websites, telling people, campaigned on it, how they were going to continue to send money to help with the efforts of Ukraine against Russia. And they knew that this money was going into this fdx crypto exchange they knew so they had to know what was going on and all of this broke just after midterms not before midterms when it could have because this this i mean this isn't just this didn't just happen okay they've had to know that this was going to be coming for at least a few weeks but just after midterms so now the midterms are over We're going to go ahead and break it. So, I want to stay on the side of of political parties and swamp more than I want to divide into Democrat and Republican because they were all dirty and complicit in this entire Ponzi scheme of Ukraine and the United States and FTX. So, poor this guy, what is this, Zelensky? Look at him. Look at his face. He's so sad. I should see if he's doing anything now with it, if he's made any official statements. I didn't check that. I'll look at that. I'll do that on the next show. Next time, next go around. I always question the support for Ukraine and was called a Putin. And I I was called the same. Um, But again, that's going to be your keywords. Like this goes back to, we talked a little bit about earlier about the long arm of the media, right? The he who controls the media controls the masses and the Putin empathizer thing. And if you, if you uh, start speaking about your opinion on Russia or on, on the money that's being sent to Ukraine, you're automatic. And they do that on purpose. And it's supposed to be like this detrimental thing. But over the last like four years, I've been called worse. I'm not a Putin empathizer. I'm not a sympathizer of Russia. Um, But I do want to know where our tax scholars are going when they are sent over to a war zone. I want to know. And I think that's only fair that we should get to know. And nobody can tell us. Instead, they just campaign about how they know Americans are suffering and they're going to do something about it. And now they're not. So one shove, no grease. But we all knew that this was happening. We'd all questioned the money going to Ukraine. We'd all wondered why Fancy Nancy was going to Ukraine. We all wondered why the Hollywood elites were all going to Ukraine. How many of the elites went to Ukraine? Didn't Nick? Not Nicholas Cage. Um, the guy from I can't even remember any other names now. They all went to Ukraine to show their support. Why? 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 No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going there to check and see where your money's going. Either that or you're going there to get your check. There's That whole thing was, is, even specifically with Hollywood, right? I can maybe explain away our our Speaker of the House, maybe going to Ukraine during the middle of a war, maybe. Okay, she's an elected representative. She's going to try and show a united front. I can maybe kind of explain that away, maybe. I can't explain away why Hollywood would go. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. During a war zone with no security. Nancy didn't go with any security either. No, no social, no secret service. Nothing, nothing. Okay. Nancy let her house get broken into by some guy with a hammer that lived in a black lives matter bus. What? The whole thing is just corrupt. It's corrupt. Ben Stiller, and Sean Penn. I knew somebody come through. Thank you so much. D Biddy. Ben Stiller, and Sean Penn. Why? That's just it's dumb. Putin isn't our enemy. I don't know about that. But I do know that our 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 immediate enemy, eh, enemy huh? our immediate enemy is here, right here, right here is in my state probably with Chuck Grassley. Like I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled with any of that at all. Joni Ernst, I think, is up for re-election next time, and we're gonna get more into that once she is up because I do believe that your vote does count. Um, and that's probably for another life as we come out of midterms and people's hurt feelings. So, so the question is. Is he going to pull an Epstein in jail? So we're going to talk about that too, Fire Talk Radio, but we got to finish going through the connections. So there's the connection with Ukraine. Very weird stuff. We're going to keep going. The WEF, so the World Economic Forum, was also a very large partner with FTX. So FTX is also an official world economic forum partner. Sam Bankman stepped down as the FTX CEO on Friday after it was revealed that his exchange had filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy in the face of spectacular multi-billion dollar liquidity crunch. Now the WEF is aligned with the Democrat slush fund that has been exposed for what it was all along. The WEF, and I remember this too, because we dove into the WEF when they did their big meeting about sovereignty and all of that crap. But I can remember the FTX ad coming up when I was on the website. And if you go to their website now, it's taken down. You type in W-E-F and FTX and you will find the whole thing has been taken down. So no more with that. But it does have to make you wonder. And this is where I had to stop. This is the point where I stopped and was like, are they going to suicide this kid? Like, is this kid going to pull an Epstein? Like, is this? Because the WEFs, they're they're kind of a dark rabbit hole, and, and all obviously all the elites are kind of a dark rabbit hole. Did they do this? Like this whole swamp do this, or did this kid just take their money and bail all of their money? Not just your money, not just like your your normal everyday people money, but like the WEF and the Clinton Foundation and all of these other foundations that are connected to them. Did he take their money too? And is he going to be the next Jeffrey Epstein or Kanye West, which hasn't been announced yet, but I'm just waiting at this point with poor Kanye. I just, I'm waiting. The narrative this kid was saying is everything Klaus was saying. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. And then he tweeted last night. So this kid does, this set or this uh, um, Sam. So I'm watching, we've been watching his tweets. He tweeted out, I'm going bankrupt. Pissed off the entirety of the internet, right? Like the most hated man in the world right now. Because he lost everybody's money. Then sends a tweet that says one dot slash colon or whatever that is. What? And that's all it says. That's that's it. That's all it says. You can go to his tweet. You can check. It. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't since last night. But it just says what? Like, well, what are you doing? Like, stop tweeting. Like, don't you have lawyers? Aren't you supposed to be in jail? How are you tweeting from jail in the Bahamas? The whole thing is very... Strange and rabbit holy, and we're going to get into that too. But there's the connection with the World Economic Forum and FTX, and it was a big, big connection. They worked, they partnered with them, they had them listed. There's the Clintons. Uh, Poor Kanye, he definitely kicked the hornet's nest. Yeah, the Kanye West stuff is sad. Uh, I don't know. That's that's for another live. We already kind of dove into Kanye, we might need to dive into him again because some new stuff is broke, but with his more of that is stuff. And the Ontario teachers training pension fund. I do not have a slide for that, but I can run through it really quick. Ontario FTX teachers fund. So the Ontario, and this is the Canada. Okay. So the Ontario teachers sunk $95 million in FTX pension funds says the collapse will have a very limited impact. So if you are in the Canada and this is part of your thing, they're saying it's not going to have a huge impact, but then again, Look for yourself because God only knows. The Ontario Teachers Pension Plan says that 95 million of it's invested into FTX trading and FTX US will have limited impact on the plan. The investment represents 0.05% of its total net assets, the organization said in the statement. If a Canadian pension fund investing in crypto firm has gone bankrupt, it sounds familiar. That's because it had happened before. In August, CDPQ, one of Canada's largest pension managers, announced that it had written off its $150 million investment in bankrupt crypto leader Celsius Network. There are other large pension funds that have indirect exposure to a bankrupt crypto firm following FTX's filing of Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection on Friday morning. The firm's sister entity, along with Algromatic trading firm Almeda and Research, is an American subsidiary, subsidiary FTX.us, and roughly 130 affiliated companies will be filing for bankruptcy, which brings us probably maybe to our next slide because I want to talk about Almeda, too. Uh, nope, we're going to talk about how he's detained first, and then we'll talk about Almeida. So my slides go in order. I'm like an order person. Order person. Uh, Russians working out for DeSantis. So Lori's on New York Postship discussing on TikTok. Is there a white hat behind this? Boy, I don't know. That's for That might be for another live too. Melly, Melly, Mo. So he has been detained. So Seth and his friend, who is the CEO of Almeida, which we we're going to meet here in just a minute, were reportedly detained in... The Bahamas. Okay. So FTX faces criminal misconduct probe by the Bahamas Police and Local Securities Commission. FTX is under investigation by the Security Exchange Commission and the Department of Justice including for possible crimes. The Royal Bahamas police force is now conducting an investigation in light of the collapse of FTX globally and provisional liquidation of FTX digital markets, LTD, a team of financial investigators from the financial crimes investigation branch are working closely with the Bahamas security commission to investigate any criminal misconduct occurred. They did detain them at an airport and they were trying to leave for somewhere else. And I don't remember where that was. But it goes on to say the Bahamas Security Commission froze FTX's assets and suspended its regulation or its registration. SBF and his fellow FTX executives were detained by Bahamas Airport and Bankman Freed was reportedly questioned by Royal Bahamas Police on Saturday night. Whether he is still there or not, I don't know. Just because, like I said, he did tweet last night and I've been to county. I don't know what it's like in the Bahamas, but I've been to county and in county they take your phone. You can't tweet, so somebody's tweeting for him. If he says he will talk, will end up uh, off the planet. Yes, you were correct. Argentina, thank you so much. Mama knows 300 for the win. Good on you. Give me a second. So they have detained him. They are questioning him. I'm surprised they're not blaming Orange Man bad. So here's kind of the thing with this, too. I did try to find, a, see if I can find, out, like, a Trump connection, too, because obviously they're all connected. And I can't really find one. I'm not done looking, though. But everybody's really focused on the election. And Trump. Trump is like back and relevant in, in mainstream media because he's coming out against DeSantis and there's like all this inner fighting and and I get all of that. And there's all the election stuff, right? the um, From the midterms that people are covering and talking about. And I have to be really careful when I talk about this, but there's election stuff going on and you can go to Twitter, just type in midterms and you'll see it all. Um, that's all people are talking about. They're, they're really talking about this, which is interesting to me because this is, I would think this would be like the biggest deal, maybe the biggest story of this year. This is a huge deal. People lost millions and millions of dollars. And this is some baby faced kid who was just given all this power. And, and then I don't know tomorrow, the 15th, he is supposed to make his announcement, which is supposed to be tomorrow. We talked a little bit about, and we can wrap with some of this too. If you guys don't let me forget, um, about what that announcement could be based on of everything. I just find it really hard that nobody's like connecting these except for like normal weird people on Twitter and, and Reddit groups and in on these like financial, a lot of these financial news companies are following it, but I would think that this would be like a a big deal. The tweets make me think that they are trying to be talked about. Maybe. I would, I don't know. It's just, it's very, very, very strange to me. And I waited, like I waited on this. We put it out in a TikTok and I waited on it to see if anything else and things did come out. But normally like the gateway pundit would be all on this, right? Because this is very, it's against the Democrats. This is something that the gateway pundit would be like on top of and connecting all of these dots and putting it all together and expose, but they're not. And that's very, they're really, really focused on election. And that's very weird to me because this is like, Rabbit hole swamp 101. But I digress. We'll see what happens. So he is arrested. He's in the Bahamas. They do have him. They're gonna investigate it, or so they're saying. I don't know how the Bahamas things work with police and whatnot, but they're gonna investigate it. So we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about the rabbit hole stuff now. Now, for those of you who are again on TikTok, if you want to come to YouTube, the icon is in my bio. I have pictures and kind of a screen. Um and I have a video too. Actually, you know what? I should have played this video before we, when we were in the Ukraine stuff. You know what? Let's go back to Ukraine. I have a video. I was excited to share this video and I talked right past it. So this kind of ties back in with the Ukraine stuff. This made me laugh. And the video in 5432. your total is (laughs) that's the best video ever and i want to give a shout out to uh the guy on twitter he's linked in the description below it's like silver fox money something he's hilarious he makes all kinds of these videos so make sure you go and check him out he is again linked below uh, and give him a follow on the Twitter. And it, yeah, somebody was adding this up. He did a great job in doing it too. Like you can almost laugh at the fact that you're being fucked with a cactus. You know what I'm saying? Like just one shove, no grease, but you know what? Let me put it to some music. I think this is why TikTok does it really well. Let's just put it to music and then you can laugh. The video is on YouTube. So you guys will have to come check it out. Um, so congratulations. Good job to that guy. Go grab him. He's fantastic. All right. We're going back to the slides, going back to the learning guys. We're learning. Got to find humor in it somewhere. You do. you got to laugh. Just like with, we shared the, the comedy video last night about Trump. Like I get it. Like people were real fired up. It, it fucking spun out at a million and some odd views, which is fine. People were real. Like I get it. Be mad. But for five minutes, just laugh. Cause it was funny. Just laugh at the ridiculousness of it all until we can figure out how to get it fixed. All right. So let's move on to the rabbit hole stuff. This is going to be more involved with a company called Almeida or Almeida. And so Almeida is run by a young lady who I am going to grab here in just a minute. So 30-year-old Bankman Freed his roommates with an inner circle who ran his now struggling crypto exchange FTX and trading giant Almeida Research. Many are former co-workers from the quantitative trading firm called Jane Street. Others he met at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, his alma mater. All 10, so all of these people, then they all live together in this penthouse in the Bahamas. All 10 are, or used to be, paired up in romantic relationships with each other. We're losing, I'm losing my Wi-Fi. Are we back? Everybody hit the like button. Do we need to do a like break? Are we back? I lost Sonia too. Resume live. Are we back? Okay, we're back to live. We got, we got it, we got it. Hold on for me one second. Hold on for me one second. Okay, we're back. All right, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Sorry about that. It's snowing and I live in Cowtown and the Wi-Fi is hit or miss. Uh really quick before we go any further, you guys, we're gonna take a 10-second like the live break. I got 127 people in here right now. So if you're live on YouTube, if you can take this 10 seconds and go smash that like button in 1098 seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Thank you guys so much for smashing that like button. And if you like what you hear, you like what we got to do, uh, please be sure to subscribe. If you don't, you can just hang out too. It's absolutely fine. So I want to go back to Almeda CEO. So that includes Almeda CEO, Caroline Ellison, whose firm played a central laurel in the company's collapse and who at times had dated Bankman Freed, Sam, the guy, the FTX CEO, according to people familiar with the matter, CoinDesk spoke to several, several current and former FTX and Alameda employees who agreed to talk on the condition of an anonymity, anonymity, anonymity citing ongoing harassment and death threats due to the exchange of sovereignty issues. And they said essentially this, it's a place full of conflicts of interest, nepotism and a lack of oversight. The whole operation was run by a gang of kids in the Bahamas. A person familiar with the matter told CoinDesk on the condition of anonymity. FTX and Almeda employees CoinDesk interviewed say that they have been kept in the dark about the events of the past week, adding only that the CEO Bankman Freed's inner circle may have known may have had the knowledge that the exchange, as was reported by Wall Street Journal, siphoned customer funds into corporate siblings Almeida. So they were taking the money from FTX and they were siphoning through Almeida, or some of the money. And that's how these kids were getting rich. And there was also reported, now I'm, I didn't put this in here because it's just basically being said um, by people. It's people that are familiar with the matter, that they were all sleeping together. This is basically this one big party, a party party which rhymes with another word that starts with an O that rhymes. Okay. That it was one big party that they did. And so then another dude on Twitter who I also put listed in the links below. So make sure you go and grab him too. He's fantastic. Um, and it's Jen, Genco ETH on Twitter. He's the one that put all of these, these dots together when it comes to kind of this conspiracy stuff, some of the rabbit hole stuff. So make sure to go and give him a follow and a retweet. If you have a Twitter, follow us too. We're on Twitter. It's just shipwreck. show. Um, but he put together that Almeda Research is a trading firm founded by Sam Bankman-Fried was trading billions of dollars from FTX accounts and leveraging the exchange of natives token as collateral using the source. Many of the employees outside of auditors were unaware that FTX did not have enough money to match consumer withdrawals. Withdraw, the source says. Three sources familiar with the matter told us, CBC, that they were blindsided by the missteps and were only, court, no, <clears throat> the potential misuse of customer deposits. Now he goes on to talk about how, And we're going to go back to this. So this is Almeda's, let me make me smaller too, so you guys can see it better. So this is Almeda's um, logo, the Almeda research company, which is the partner company to FTX. And a lot of people are tying it together with this logo or this logo. And if you don't know what these logos are, you'll have to just go look about them because they're important. They're part of like the maps, right? Okay. And then how this is, so this is Sam's profile picture on Twitter and on one of the avatars that he uses and how his is very similar to a lot of these, but somebody had posted, it, it's kind of like a light bulb with the little heart squiggly line. I don't know. Use your discussion with this. It's up to you what you want to decide to do. Um, but this is Caroline Ellison. And so she is the girlfriend to Sam. And runs this other company and they all live together and have these orgies. Now in the crypto, everybody, yeah, everybody wrecked the like button. We're still on that. Hello. Let me hide this just a minute. Okay. They also put together another gentleman who, and I have that article right here in the crypto world, in the same area of the Bahamas who had passed away, um, actually just not that long ago, only a couple weeks ago. And the article goes on to talk about, and it's this guy right here. Okay. Paranoid crypto millionaire drowns in a Puerto Rico after tweeting that the CIA and Mossad were after him. His family is saying that there was no foul play, but his friends are suspicious about the death. And his name was Nikolai Mush- Mushigan, M-U-S-H-E-G-I-A-N, and he was 29 and he drowned in Canado, Puerto Rico on October 29th. The young tech millionaire from Florida was troubled with mental health illness issues. And his family says there was no foul prey involved and that. He had been in a spiral. Friends of the crypto community are suspicious of the timing of his death after it came. It came hours after he tweeted that the CIA and Mossad were after him. The tweet goes on to state the CIA and the Mossad are a pedal and pedal elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands. They are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend who is a spy and they will torture me to death. And then two weeks after he put that tweet out, he was dead. Um, they're saying that he was really, really troubled and that he had a lot of issues and his mental health was in the tank. His family is is very okay with the decision of how he had passed away. And that's it. He's not necessarily directly um, connected to FTX, but they all kind of ran in the same group. So... I don't know. We'll see. I, I guess it could be. I don't know why not. Somebody had said, well, did Epstein's Island really just get shut down, or did it just move to the Bahamas? I don't know. So, and that's where we're at with the crypto stuff. Hold on, let me pull this back up. Let me run through. Now I saw some comments. Hello, hello. Um, it's weird that Almeda means a walk shaded by tree cover. Does it really? Um Epstein was Mossad. Yes, I did hear that. Uh, I couldn't unlearn that information. I wish I could, but once you know, you know. Yeah, with the the signs and the symbols. It is very strange. What would be more interesting and what is more interesting about it, we all know that that kind of shit runs really rampant in Hollywood. We've talked about all of that from the Ellen show to all of the, all of the conspiracy theories with Hollywood and Wayfair and all that stuff. And it is funny that Hollywood has also been pushing through FTX. And so, like, let me pull that up really quick. Um, Hollywood FTX because it was Giselle, Tom Brady, and whatever her name is. Is it bankrupting Hollywood? Let me see if I can grab some other names. I know there's probably there's got to be more. Doesn't look like it. I can't right now. That's a video. We don't want to watch a video right now. Um, FTX Coinbase spends, so this is from the Hollywood report. Cryptocurrency firms spend big on Hollywood names to gain trust. FTX Coinbase and CoinFlip are enlisting stars like Spike Lee, Neil Patrick Harris, and Tom Brady shelling out for TV ads to gain a wider respectability and convert skeptical consumers. And this was done September 23rd, 2021. Um, In 1989, the internet, hold on for me one second. This was Spike Lee, okay. Now Hollywood is once again being used in the industry to fringe hopping the gain in mainstream acceptance of cryptocurrency firms, <clears throat> and crypto companies like FTX, Robinhood, PayPal, CoinCloud, Coinflip, and others are leaning on such talent such as Tom Brady and his wife Spike Lee, MJ Rodriguez, Neil Patrick Harris to introduce consumers to the world of cryptocurrency. Brady and Bushan and start, in a twenty million dollar campaign for FTX debuted during the first week of the NFL's new sins, new season. While in July, Lee directed and starred in with Rodriguez an ad for Coincloud that saw him declare, "Old money is out and new money is in." Um, really, just talks. There's one with Stephen Curry and Tom Brady. So Hollywood. I mean, we know that Hollywood is running rampant with a lot of this kind of shit too. So it's not a stretch to think that that could be. um, happening. In my opinion, just in my opinion, I, I, there's nothing other than what people are saying. It's speculation, but given the history and, and based on all of the stuff, it's possible. William, welcome to the membership club. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy those emojis. And thank you so much for the super sticker. I love your face. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. We love your face. Um, I don't know. Let me read through this. What do you guys think? Yeah. I'm trying, we tried to, there's a lot and I'm sure there's a lot more to unpack because it sounds like FTX was in on everything. Cause you know, if it's in on like the world economic forum that ties back to anybody that's involved in the world economic forum, because then you could just start connecting names and, names and names and names and names. And it really is a swamp thing. And I know a lot of people, especially like a lot of people on my FYP on TikTok, a lot of people on my Twitter feed are very, very focused on the fact that They were the biggest donator to the Democratic Party. And I want to be very open about that. Because they also donated to the Republican Party. Not as much, not even close to near as much. But they did. And how many people from the Republican Party supported sending that money to Ukraine to be laundered through FTX and then sent back to the political parties? You have to ask yourself the question, and I know we're all kind of in this mindset, specifically now after midterms, whether you're for or against, okay, the red wave or the blue wave or whatever, whether you're for or against the the election, odd fray, or you believe it or you don't believe it. The reality is, is that they all were in on this, specifically with the Ukraine stuff. During the time where Specifically, Americans were paying you guys. Remember, we were paying almost five dollars a gallon for gas. And they were sending billions upon billions of dollars to Ukraine to help with the war, a war that that essentially it seems like they created now. And this is where. We we, would get into the Trump stuff, right So Trump is going to be making an announcement on tomorrow, and I have no idea what that announcement is going to be. No idea. But if you, whether you're for or against Trump, it doesn't matter at this point, okay? Because if he makes his announcement, it doesn't matter. Even if you're against Trump, you're going to have an uphill battle. His base is is still very, very large. Um, if he were to come out and announce a run as an independent for the first time in history and, and possibly win, I mean, could he have a chance in winning? I don't know. Um, would it be a smart move politically? I don't know. That's again, that's kind of I've was always taught that no, they don't have a chance because they don't have the money, they don't have the political backing, they don't have that's why that's it's split into two, right? All Republicans vote for one candidate, all Democrats vote for another, and that's how it's campaigned. But if he were to run as an independent, and and, and whether again, whether you're for him or against him, you have to know that I, I and I honestly believe that he would still stand a chance of winning. It could be the first president. I don't know if in history somebody helped me. Maybe not. Maybe not in history. Maybe it's happened before. But where they had won, you don't think it's going to be about twenty twenty four, where they had won as an independent. Um, I will never vote for a liar and a cheat. You're voting for them now if you're voting the other way. This is what I'm saying, peace tooth. This isn't a left or right. Like the, my my own senator, my governor Grassley, who have all of my Republicans love. It's a giant piece of shit. Like, and he's just, he's not here for the people of Iowa. I asked him point blank questions in regards to the security of our elections here in my state. And he gave me no answer. He circle talked. He, we, what he told me, if I remember right, what he told me, he's like, well, we're only going to be able to get it fixed if we can get the Democrats out. And I'm over here. Like my guy, that's not what I asked at all. Like, what are we doing? Like, are we putting more, are we putting more security in? Like, I need an answer. I would encourage you all to meet your representatives face to fucking face and really get an understanding of who they are and and then really start to to focus on maybe a more grassroots movement. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. That's a that's an uphill battle with the grassroots stuff. Right. Because it's all about money. It goes back. To, look at the money that look at the amount of money that. That they donated FTX donated to a political party for what? what did that political party use it for? You have to ask yourself that. Is it campaigning? Is it traveling? Does it cost that much to, to travel around and campaign to put on concerts? Like what is, what is, does it? it can't, there's, that's, that's a shit ton of money. For what? For to elect a person who is supposed to be working for the people, for the people who are struggling mightily right now. It's the machine. The machine that it's become. This is what I'm saying. This is why I say, like, it'll be interesting what Trump does announce. I don't think it's going to be a Speaker of the House. That doesn't make sense. And it might be. Maybe might nothing. Maybe I'm fucking all the way wrong, right? But for if he were to come out and announce a run for 2024 as an independent, that would be explosive. Um, if the GOP has any chance, they need Ron DeSantis to win. Could you imagine what that would look like? If Trump were to run as an independent, I don't even know if it can't happen. This is kind of Texas thing. Trump is an independent. Santos is GOP. And then whoever they pick for the Democrat, Trump, Biden, probably Biden, maybe Clinton. No, so George Washington is was the only independent. So they're going George Washington, the only independent. Has been backed by Jeb Bush. This is my big, big problems with this. Everybody I hate loves DeSantis. Or is our internet out again too? Are we losing connection again? This sucks. Um, in, I don't know about Newsom. I thought he would have a prayer with the Democratic Party. Maybe. Maybe. Um, My red wave froze up again. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, sorry. It's snowing here. And. Whenever I, I live in Couch, once I is the internet freezing. I think the Democrats will pick Newsom. I don't know that he even has a prayer. I think he has near. That would have to be an Obama thing. Hillary, will again, I don't think she will either. Uh, it could be Newsom, but could you imagine what the fuck that ticket would look like? That would be because then you are looking at a GOP split. That is exactly what that's going to be. And what you're seeing now between DeSantis and Trump. Are we still, are we still buffering? I lost Sonia too. How much snow are you expecting? It's finished now. We got about two inches. That's what she said. Um, he didn't even write the bio or anything this time. Of people in my state vote for Fetterman. Anything is possible. That was crazy too. It would be, could you imagine though, what that ticket would look like? I, I don't even, that would split the GOP. Even and for everybody that's saying, well, let's split now. No, it's really not. This is what the primaries are all about, right? Is about the GOP fighting each other to get to that one spot. It's the same with the Democrats. It's it's they're fighting each other to get that one spot, that elected spot. So really what you're seeing now is not necessarily that hell no tobato is not necessarily that. Until everybody announces their run, then you're gonna see them fight it out and then the parties are gonna pick. And if I were to see the start of a dismantling of the two-party system, it would be some big name having to an- announce their run as an independent or as something. That could be – are we still buffed? The buffering stopped good. Um, the Fedder or the dead guy went and I saw that too. That was crazy. That's it. We're at 53, and my voice is like cashing out. <clears throat> the last thing – I do have one more thing – Um, And this really isn't, it's not a, it's a big deal to me. I thought it was a big deal. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I hate Eli Lilly. I used to take one of their medications and it caused my hair to fall out, but, and it didn't work shocker, but Eli Lilly. So I can't think of his name now. Elon Musk, Elon Musk came out on Twitter and basically said, you know what? You get a check Mark and you get a check Mark and everybody gets a check Mark. If you pay $8 and people were like, bet, people paid $8. I'm not going to pay $8 for a check mark, but if you want to, I'm not judging. Okay. Go for it. Knock yourselves out. But what happened? And and then he, he announced too, that you had to put parody by your name. If you're parodying somewhere else. But before this, an account, um, or another person had set up an account under the account name of Eli Lilly and company. Eli Lilly and company is a pharmaceutical company and their primary focus is making, um, not jabs, but, um, insulin, insulin. That's what they make. That's where they, they're a big money maker. They gouge people for insulin too. They're the ones that charge hundreds of dollars for insulin and they completely gouge the people out of insulin. It's terrible for something that people need to live. It's ridiculous with Eli Lilly, but somebody made an account with Eli Lilly, paid the $8, gave it a check Mark, then tweeted out. We are excited to announce that insulin is now free. And the tweet spun out. It it went at 10,400 likes. It had 686 quotes and 1,531 retweets. And that was early in its its time being on Twitter. It was taken down. That was early in its time. It got so big that Eli Lilly, the company, the pharmaceutical company, had to put out a statement. And the statement read, we apologize to those who have been served misleading message from a fake Eli Lilly account. Our official Twitter account is at LillyPad. And then the next day, their stocks tanked. And it's not a huge number. I think somebody in the comments had said it was like 4%, but it's big enough to count. And it also goes to show you what you can do, like the power of social media and the power of kind of what Elon Musk has done was basically just give everybody the power and what that can actually do on a more financial. It's more than just informational on a financial level when it comes to companies, when it comes to political figures, when it comes to to information that's being put out. That's a physical hard number of what can happen when some 12-year-old makes an account and tweets out a funny joke. Not funny, but I don't know if it's, it's funny to me again. I hate Eli Lilly, but Eric Fiegel on Twitter then goes on to state. I just learned that Eli Lilly executives are raging and furious at losing $20 billion in the market cap from this stunt with Twitter blue. It's too bad. They don't see their own damn insulin price gouging as the actual problem. And then he goes on to say karma, Lily pad karma. It is, it is a, let me close this really quick. It is a, it does, it shows what you can do when it comes to social media and whether that's positive or good, there are, there are positives and negatives when it comes to social media and the information that you put out and the things that you do. And this was a big one. That's a lot of money. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot of money to Eli, Eli Lilly and company, but it's a lot of money in normal people lives, right? We now pay $8. You just pay $8 to get a blue check mark. You can still tweet without it, but if you want a blue check mark, you pay $8. I will not pay $8. But It's interesting because it was a physical thing that it caused. And it was a physical ramification of of being able to do that. And we talk a lot about the media and the media being like the long arm, of the swamp and those who control the media control the masses. Right. And this is where you're seeing this shift change. And we've talked about this before, and we've talked about it quite a bit over this last year and a half is that the media is on its way out and people on social media is what it's going to be. And you have to use concernment and you have to use your critical thinking skills before you take information and run with it. And this is what everybody's kind of learning how to do right now. But this is going to be your next mainstream media. Everybody, it's the power of the people. This is what I'm saying. Like everybody has the opportunity to be media you can post all kinds of anything that you want on, on Twitter. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. I, I have morals. And so I'm, I'm usually very careful about what I post. And when I post, I'm usually very careful about context. Usually. Um, I've, I've messed it up before, but I'm usually very careful about context. But this is where like the power is given back to the people in regards to information, in regards to the things that they can actually do. Do I, do I know that, do I think it's right with this, parody account did no do i think it's funny kind of eli is terrible they're they're screwing people left and right and this is kind of how the people take the power back and as we go into election season specifically in 2022 this is why i say you see the shift in the media going to podcasts going to, to content creators people like all of you in here um research who owns it we know yeah we've been down that rabbit hole the, all of your mainstream media is owned by the very the same three or four companies, three, three or four families. So all the information that you're getting through mainstream media, we do need for Fox News or your Newsmax, is basically the regurgitated bullshit with a different spin depending on what side of the aisle they fall on politically. And that's not the way it should be. Media should be put out in a way that people can make their own decision and give their own thoughts and their own opinions on it. And... And in a way that just basically, this is kind of what it's being said, you know, here are kind of my thoughts and, and what your thoughts are, what your thoughts are. And that's okay. There's a lot of political bias to a lot of the media. And that is what I feel like we need to get away from. And we need to continue to keep getting away from because you have to be careful what you present to people. I'm pretty careful about what I present to people. Some of it's deep, dark, rabbit hole shit. And I'll put it out there up front. We will put it out there up front. Like, listen. Take this with discretion. Like it's up to you if you want to believe it or not. You can go research it, um, and and go from there. But this is just the stuff that we find. And then I've taken videos down too because they've been wrong. Videos that were doing really well, but they were wrong. So I took them down. And then we made another video, kind of clearing it up. So this is going to be the direction of the media from now on. And I think as you start to see that fall apart, it is possible to see the two system, the two party system, start to kind of crumble as well. If That's what's going to happen. I don't know, but that's it. You guys, that's it. That's all I've got for today. That's all I got. We have Zebra Life on tonight. Yes. Thank you, Sonny, for keeping me on track. That's it. We're at the top of our hour. So I'm going to wrap. We have Zebra Life coming on tonight to talk with us. And everybody loves her. If you can't find her on TikTok, go find her. It's just that Zebra Life 2.0. She's fabulous. And she's going to come on. We're going to talk more conspiracy theories. We'll do a little more interview stuff, get to know her a little bit better. We had her on before. We had some internet issues with them too. So we'll make sure that's cleared up. And uh, we're just going to chat with her. So be here tonight at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. I love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mama says hi and watch out for deer. Bye guys.